0: Yo, what is going on, everyone? How y'all doing? Welcome to another episode of the Sound of Water podcast. Hope everyone is staying safe, healthy, and I hope everyone's staying hydrated. I know I've been talking about how hot it is in Texas, but for real, it's been hot. Speaking of staying safe, uh, I know that Hurricane Laura um, hit parts of Texas and Louisiana over this past week. I know there have been a few casualties and many, many homes damaged, lives damaged as well. Um, so I hope if, uh, anyone listening is affected by that, um, or if you know anyone who is affected by that, I, for real, I hope y'all staying safe. And if you can, I hope y'all staying hydrated too. You know, you never know what the water supply looks like after a storm like that. Uh, but speaking of hurricanes, I was actually talking to my little brother the other day and we were talking about, yo, how did they even come up with hurricane names? You know, cause it seems so random. You know, you have Harvey, you got Katrina and now Laura seems like very random names. So I did some research. So. According to the World Meteorological Organization, they develop a list of names that are assigned in alphabetical order to tropical storms as they are discovered in each hurricane season. Names can be repeated after an interval of six years. Uh, And I find this next part pretty funny, but the names of especially severe storms are permanently retired from use. Tropical storms that reach a sustained wind speed of 39 miles per hour are given the the name uh, tropical storm And if the storm reaches a sustained wind speed of 74 miles per hour, then it is called a hurricane. So, for example, in 2017, hurricanes—Hurricanes Harvey, Irma, Maria, and Nate—caused significant damages and fatalities. And out of the respect for the people who suffered losses, those names were retired and will not be used again for tropical storms. So, um, over the next six-year period, some of the most some outstanding names that uh, caught my attention. Uh, Later in 2020, we could have a Hurricane Nana, we could have a Hurricane Omar, Vicky, and Wilfred. And next year, up for potential name use is uh, Claudette, Elsa, Ida, Mindy, and Victor. So just a little fun fact for y'all regarding hurricane names. (laughs) But again, uh, I'm David, your co-host. Thank you for tuning in again. And I have with me my co-host and my homeboy, Josh. What's going on, man?
1: Hey, what is good, brother? I am I am doing quite swell right now, man. Quite swell. How are you?
0: I'm chilling. No complaints, dude. You know what I'm saying? Just
1: Where did those names come from? Like Omar and Mindy and all that kind of stuff. So literally,
0: they they just come up with a pretty random list of alphabetical names, A through Z. And if it hasn't been used in like the six-year interval, then they just, they
1: assign it as they come. I wonder if there's like a vote. <laughs> like, they're like... Like what's the next one? I'm thinking Omar, man. Omar. Why would you name Omar. it Omar? Oliver.
0: Dude, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Dude, there's some ones in the past. So in 2017, there was Ophelia. There was a Ophelia
1: is pretty live. I would be the one voting for <laughs> Ophelia.
0: <laughs> and then in uh, in 2019, there was a Pablo. There was a Olga, Ooh, Pablo. Nestor, Sebastian, Tanya. Mm. You know, yeah.
1: I gotta say, I think that was. One of the most interesting ones that you've said, but I, I'm kind of bummed it didn't involve bottled water because, you know, this is the this is the last episode of season one, and we've had all these like debates, and and I feel like you've made a lot of growth in your bottled water <laughs> journey, and and I think now that you're an Ozarka ambassador, I can I can share something with you that I, I couldn't share with you before. Yeah. So well. I'll oh, go ahead.
0: Now I was going to say in this situation regarding hurricanes, it's ironic because these are situations where we need bottled water to be distributed. You know Ooh. what I'm saying? So, so in this perspective, um,
1: the saga continues. Yeah, the, yeah. It's interesting. It's not all bad. You know what I'm saying? That's very true, man. Oh yeah. I love that. Yeah. So what, what I was going to say was, um, here, let me, let me, let me pull up the photo real quick. I gotta, I gotta go. Um, I gotta go deep for this one, so let's see here. Is this the bottle Zarka? It's about Kirkland. Oh, yeah. You, you know I'm past that. (laughs) All right. Well, I can't find it, so I just got. You just got to believe me, okay?
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, for the longest time, I gave my dog Kirkland water. (laughs) Like. <laughs> like, you you were here praising Kirkland water, and we straight up <laughs> buy Costco water to give to our dog
0: hold <laughs> right, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> wait, I'm more surprised that you actually buy bottled
1: water to gift to your dog she would do the same for me <laughs> okay <laughs> I love her we We actually since then we upgraded her to filtered water, so Wow. Yeah, so I I strictly give her filtered water. She has only had she has never had tap water since we've gotten her. No wonder she's so big and strong, Yeah, dude. She's got a great coat, oh, very very sweet. Good. It's so Man. it's so cute, dude, like in the morning, I wake up at like 6:30. I I go and she has a special cup. Her name's Daisy, so she has a little cup with a daisy on it. And then I go I go to the refrigerator and I I like I like put it there and get the water and then she she comes yeah. and then she sits and then she waits. And then I go to the backyard, and then she, like, comes with me, dude. It's the sweetest little thing. Dude, you're going to be a great dad someday.
0: Oh, dude. Are you kidding me? Thank you so Giving your much. dog purified Kirkland water. <laughs> Up until a couple of weeks ago, I was, you know, that, I was drinking that,
1: like, you know, like it was holy water or something like yeah, that. Yeah, man. I mean, but, now, but now you've seen the light. You jumped dude, on I that have seen the light. Sarkis spring water, bro. We, yeah. we actually yeah. transitioned – midway through the podcast from ozarka bottle to ozarka filter so we have like one of those those giant uh what is it called like the big like water cooler thing like that's usually like in offices and stuff you know what i'm talking about like the
0: 10 gallon jug. yeah yeah so we should have
1: got like the 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 business bro like like we're invested
0: you are upgrading Mm -hmm. dude i just want to going back to the intro though i just think it's funny how you you can retire a hurricane name you know what I mean? It just kind of messed up like if it's if it's destructive enough you can retire it like it's a, like it's like a basketball player jersey or something <laughs> like that. You know it's, it's like, I can imagine walking to like the World Meteorological Organization office and they got like banners hanging, like Hurricane
1: Harvey 2017,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Katrina oh five. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was just too hard. It, they went too ham. I just thought it was kind of funny like yeah
0: it's noble for real though like i hope everyone affected by laura yeah y'all yeah okay, y'all know but. we're joking
1: <laughs> we 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 hope y'all are staying safe but man
0: um so it's the last episode of season one man mm-hmm. come a long way
1: yeah man straight it? up i i can't believe like it's time has flown by but at the same time like i feel i have learned so so much like talking mm-hmm. with all these different people man it's been insane
0: for real for real i mean yeah i mean i kind of mentioned this in our opening episode when i was like saying thank you to you for bringing me on this project but it's like over these past two weeks or two months i should say that we've been doing this it's like you know this is my first time venturing into the creative space and doing something uh where i'm producing my own content you know Mm -hmm. and when i say my own content i mean between you and i and uh it's been quite the learning experience, but also just speaking with all these different guests um, and especially with the season one agenda that we had talking about Black issues, Black Lives Matter, um, systemic um, injustices happening in the U.S., you know, starting from Ricky's perspective, uh, being being a local Dallas native uh, growing up from the hood and then, you know, transi- transitioning to Melanie, who is in academia and then Mel, who is uh, she's global. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She's she's worldwide. And then ending it with Goody Goodlow, uh, the theologian, you know, the and that aligns with more of our Christian tone, you know, mm. um, it's, I feel like we've done a good job of really just nailing down an all encompassing perspective. And uh, I don't know, dude, I'm just feeling really grateful, very humbled. You know what I mean? I feel like I've learned so much and these people that we've been talking to, it's like I never would have interacted with them, you know, if I was just you know, just living my normal life. I, there's no way I would have mm-hmm. interacted with these people, talk with these people. So, uh, um, I don't know. I'm just feeling, I was reflecting on that this over the weekend and it's just, uh, it's just crazy, man.
1: Yeah. You know yeah. Yeah. And like, honestly, some of these people just kind of fell into our lap too. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I know Ricky, I'm very oh, happy, real. happy that we got Ricky on, but like, the mm-hmm. other three people we just met through this podcast and it just kind of like up. yeah like it just, up. it just happened to like fall into place where we were like just describing what we were trying to do went through certain connections and then some just some stuff just like happened bro and then like and they were all down they're yeah. all so down and that made me feel
0: like it, they made it easy for us you know
1: what I'm saying? yeah and i love it man because we really gotta we really gotta build on these asian and black specifically asian and black relationships man because there's up, all that man. historical tension but at the same time like you mentioned before i mean anytime i see a black dude i'm like yo this is my homeboy like like yo our our roots start like way back but it's like it was solidified back in 1999 when yeah. rush hour came out oh, you know i'm saying yes, so bro. like
0: so it's like, we can't forget about that. Like, Yo, we, we have
1: ties that like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, man. Yo, shout out to Mike Gauz. We were, I worked with him in UNT and we, sh- we were straight up called Rush Hour. So he is like, he's, like a, he's like a bigger black dude and we both worked at the same residence hall and like me and him as oh, yeah. homeboys, bro. So if you're listening to this, shout out to you, brother. Bro, let's just jump straight into this. I am so hyped, man. Goody's episode put me on yo i know we we talked off there
0: after it you know mm-hmm. after we released, we we're talking about how excited i know we got some feedback from people that we know talking about how great it was um and bro i know you were you were you were really vibing and mm-hmm. you know i felt convicted but when when we were talking i think uh i think this last episode really hit you on like a personal like a deep level so if you want to kind of go into like what you're feeling man like um yeah, what are your initial uh, reaction to this?
1: Yeah, man. So, absolutely nailed it on the head. So this one hit me differently. Not to discredit any of the other episodes, he, just between us or the ones with with people, they were all incredible and they all like affected me in positive ways. But this last one, especially being a biblical perspective and just like the the conviction and and power and energy and passion in goodies like discussion you know and just compelling points all around just just really hit me hard and and I I think that that one of the main things that hit me was in all of these other episodes I was so focused on the future of the movement I was so focused on trying to identify whether people are like genuine or not like what should we do and all this stuff and goodies episode made me think what are you doing like are you really for it like, yeah, like you're like mm. doing all this stuff. Like, like you're doing this podcast, like you're, you're surface level, you know, like, like you look like you're doing it, but are you really invested emotionally? And, yeah. and it convicted me because I was like, bro, I don't think I'm as emotionally invested as I should. Because mm-hmm. over time I've been becoming a bit desensitized to the issues. And mm. like, I'll see something about BLM on my feed and I like scroll past it. I don't even bother reading it. Cause it's like, yeah. I'm like emotionally and mentally exhausted to use that as, as an excuse. And, and it just like, I I listened to that interview with Goody at least three times all the way through. Yeah. And, and it just like, it, it changed me, bro. Like it seriously changed me. Like, and, and one of the key moments for me where I realized that I changed was with Jacob Blake and, and just to, you know, I'm sure a lot of you guys understand or know what happened with Jacob Blake. So right now, as we're recording this, a lot of the details still are not out. But what we know is from a video that we have where it shows like a scuffle or, or there's like some sort of scuffle with Jacob Blake and all these other people and stuff. But, but the main point of it is Jacob Blake is like a black man. Um, he's like in a tank top unarmed and he's walking away from the cops who presumably are saying like, yo, like, stop, like, come here. And then he's like, no, I don't want to, like, I'm fed up. Yeah. He's just trying to Mm -hmm. leave. He goes to his car and then he gets into the driver's seat as he's getting into the driver's seat, driver's seat, a white officer shoots him in the back seven times in front of his three children. Mm -hmm. And, and then people are freaking out, man. People are like, and I, I, I will say I never watched the George Floyd video. I could not bring myself to watch 8 minutes and 46 seconds of his death. I watched mm-hmm. all the other ones. I I didn't want to see another one, man. Yeah. And but this one I was like, okay, like I'm going to watch it and I wept, man, it hurt. And and I was just like what hurt me even more was the Were the comments so I I believe the first time I saw Mm -hmm. it was like maybe like an NBC like video or something like that on Mm -hmm. Facebook and I look at the comments and it's just And it's just a flood of like he should have listened. He should have done this like Uh Oh, oh no, I remember exactly what it was. There was an article and on the thumbnail There was a black man with a sign that said what if it was your kid and it was describing the story I go to the comments and it said if it was my kid he would have listened and he wouldn't have be dead and i was like that is the most unempathetic disgusting thing i've ever read and and i i was like i was full of these this like whirlwind of mixed emotions of like anger frustration but also just like sadness at not only his injury and his family's like hurt but just sadness of like the lack of empathy and the lack of like, uh, dude, like even just talking about it, like it hurts. I feel
0: you. Yeah. And I was just like, like,
1: like I was like, man, is this what like black people have been feeling all this time? And, and I, I was just like, so convicted to the point where I was like, I can do more. And, and not even like in a legalistic way, but in the sense of like, my heart is pushing me to do more. I know I can, I can say more. I can, I, can, I can talk with people more. I can, I can make more of a difference. And, and it was just that coupled with the fact and with, with the points that Goody made in, in really just saying, if you are Christian and you are for Trump, you have your mind in the wrong place. Like that—that's really what I took from it, and and I know that the conversation we had before, it was it was lighthearted, and I really enjoyed it, and and I think that having a lighthearted perspective on those matters is important, and being able to talk about it in that way, but Goody brought it up in such a perspective where it was like this isn't a joke, and mm-hmm. and like like you need to vote, and you need to get him out. This guy yeah. is literally putting children in cages from their parents. This guy yeah. is calling entire black countries asshole countries. He's using rhetoric from dog whistle politics of the 1960s in order to incite racial violence and tension, like all these things. And I was like, dude, often I, I, and I am sure a lot of other people would have the perspective that. All these different forms of truth are valid in their own ways. And I think that the underlying implication behind that is they're all equal, but they're not. All of these, all of these truths are better than one another or worse than one another. And, and they're all going to, to be closer to the one truth. And, and I can give an example of that to illustrate. Sure. So I was just going to ask. So like, let's say, let's say you get burned by your friends, you get burned by your work, your girlfriend cheats on you, all this stuff. One reaction to that is to come to the conclusion, the world is a terrible place. It is cutthroat world, fight for yourself, protect yourself. It is all about you. And that's a very convicting perspective because it's pulled from the experience and the the truths of your experience, right? Mm -hmm. And you can have another perspective where let's say someone like is everything's going well for them, man. They got a lovely family, great friends, wonderful, like workplace and all this stuff. And they're going to have the perspective of like, yo, like people are redeemable. Yeah, they have mistakes, but they have like, but there is beauty in the world, you know, but that perspective can also be flawed because then you're unaware of like, yo, what happens when that dude gets shot in in the grocery store? Then what you have though, is you have two very compelling and elements of the truth here so but but they're not as truthful as they could be because the real truth is an amalgamation of of those different perspectives the and and how i would word that is yeah people are going to screw you over you have to protect yourself and you have to be on guard but at the same time you have to recognize that people are redeemable people People have flaws, yes, but there's also goodness in all people. So it is also your responsibility to make sure you don't get abused, but use your power and your responsibility to influence others and to bring the goodness out of others. And to me, that is a higher form of truth than those other two perspectives. And... Mm. I feel like before the perspective that I held was I understood why people vote for Trump. I understand the economic reasons. I understand the fact that people may not believe that racism still exists on a systemic level. And, and I think that people just vibe with someone who like speaks their mind, cool, whatever. But the higher level of truth of that, especially from a Christian perspective is like, bro, this guy lies all the time. He straight up said, I don't need to ask for forgiveness. I just try harder. I do all this stuff. And you think from a Christian perspective, if we really claim to hold the highest level of truth, if we really claim to understand what's really important Mm -hmm. in this world, we should be able to discern how to make these different decisions, especially when it comes to politics. And it's never going to be something like it is always Democrat that's going to be the perfect option. It's always going to be Republican. No, you have to evaluate each individual scenario, each individual candidate. And in doing so, that's, that's what wisdom is. That, that's the mm-hmm. same reason why you can't have fortune cookie advice on how yeah. to live your life. Like Because yeah. every single situation is different. And that's exactly yeah. why God calls us to have wisdom and that's why i think god called us to have the sound of water podcast oh you know yeah be like
0: water be like, be like water, water. Man. for real for real like no that i think you put everything so so beautifully so eloquently you know what i'm saying like i think as we've been doing these interviews and getting these different perspectives it's really shifted the way that i view not just like racial relations but also um, especially with goody's episode, it did convict me in a way from a from a christian standpoint right mm-hmm. because as Christians the fundamental values that we're called to hold through studying the life of Jesus are that of empathy forgiveness uh sympathy you know loving loving your neighbor as yourself and what really makes me makes me mad and sad at the same time i think I think lately i've been I've been feeling more sadness when I when I um, hear and read about you know shootings like the Jacob Blake one or you know what I felt when George Floyd happened is everything is so politicized and that is what I think that is what really blinds everyone from viewing things from a lens of sympathy and empathy. Like with Jacob Blake, yes, it's it was really tricky for me at the beginning because it's like I was reading this article and then. Uh, this one source was saying that he told the officers that he had a knife in the car and he was like willfully um, not being obedient yeah i can understand to an extent the the side of the argument where you say well he should have listened you know if you just comply you might not have lost your life i think there is some level of truth to that but i think more than that regardless of he was complying or not i don't think it in any way shape or form in any in any circumstance does it justify him being shot in the back seven times and i think i think that's the point that people miss and that just i don't know it just it's just very appalling you know it's like how do you how do you not understand that this is not you know this isn't just a a, like a political argument you know and even if you take race out of it it's like just from a humanity standpoint like no one deserves to be in that kind of position you know regardless if you're complying with the office what the officers say or not um so i just think it's sad when especially when you go back to 2016 uh i mean trump won by far like the white evangelical vote and just the evangelical vote in, in general went to trump and again i would probably need the data for this but i would bet that A lot of white evangelicals are still going to vote for trump and are still very supportive of him and what goody was saying about like how can you as a christian say that you believe in these ideals and these fundamental beliefs that jesus preaches and then turn a blind eye and have selective outrage about racial injustice in the us you know Mm -hmm. it's like every it's like every time something like a um jacob blake happens you're so quick because it's so politicized and because you're so tired of hearing about these racial issues you are so quick to like maybe pull up their criminal history or be like, Oh, well you should have complied, mm-hmm. you know? But instead why as Christians, I feel like, and as human beings too, I think our initial reaction should be like, yo, well, this dude just got shot seven times in the back by the cops. And he really wasn't doing anything that was putting the cops in danger that it just, it just doesn't justify that kind of result." And yeah, man. Like I said, I spent some time just kind of digesting and reflecting. And I think, I think what you were saying earlier, uh, I resonate with, it's like, I do get very exhausted hearing about these things, you know, and it's just like, it's just tired ty- It's just very emotionally draining, just having to like go through the whole process of, you know, initial response is like anger. And you're just like, what? Like, oh my God, what are the details? And you look into it and you're just like, and then hearing both sides on social media and news outlets, comments, you know, from from both sides and then I don't know it's just like you just don't know how to process it anymore and Mm -hmm. I feel like I do use that as an excuse of like becoming emotionally detached you know Mm -hmm. I think one thing that I'm definitely guilty of too is like because I'm doing this podcast I feel like I use that as like oh well I did my part you know I did my job in in doing these interviews and it's like that's enough but it's like it doesn't just stop there and I think that's where a lot of my convictions when I listen to the Goody episode too it's like he was saying you got to be about it Mm-hmm. you know we gotta like, get what the happens- skin in the game bro yeah it's like what happens when these interviews stop what happens after we release it our episodes what happens after we complete season one yeah it's great we we release this content but it's like what's next what are you going to do after that how mm-hmm. are you going to put your words to action so it's like i don't know dude um it's just all these different emotions and convictions are hitting me from different angles mm-hmm. um but yeah i felt very challenged to say the least
1: i woke up At 2 a.m., and I could not sleep because I was so distraught by Jacob Blake. And yeah, I remember you texted me. Yeah, man, like I can't, I just can't imagine feeling this for years and years and years, man. Like, like with black people, man, like, like everybody's so exhausted. And I understand the argument where they're like, bro it is your job to get educated. Like It's not like we don't even have the power, like y'all white people that are in like government and influential positions, like you guys have the power to change this stuff. Like it's 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 not our job to educate you, but I also just don't have the emotional energy to try to convince you that my life matters. And, and anyways, man, I wanted to piggyback a little bit off of what you said, because I have been starting to try to implement implement actionable steps and things in my life to try to combat injustices and so i have been like my my facebook page has been like littered with social with like black social justice stuff have Yo, you I seen see, that i've like, seen it dude i've seen yeah it. bro been i'm going mics, man. have you seen that yeah man. I've been tossing yeah, 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 a, yeah bro like and and one of them i put my uncle posted i don't know if you saw on that he commented I seen that. Yeah, so you, so you spit I, some flames, dude. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, well, praise God, man. So he um so my uncle or or what was it? I think my post was like a a, a quote that said, They say that protests shouldn't become riots, but we say, well, arrests shouldn't become murders. And mm. and then my uncle posted and he was like but why couldn't he just listen you know like why couldn't he just put his hands up and you know go to the cops and then none of this would have happened and i was like bro like this is a moment you know this is a moment to to speak truth and Mm -hmm. and i did it in the most loving way that i could and i was like yo like uncle john you're asking the wrong questions like you need to be asking was that necessary for him to get shot in that scenario Cops choose those jobs. If they're going to get that afraid for their lives that quickly, then they don't need to be taking that kind of position just straight up. And yeah, I want you to think if I was in that kind of position and I tried to elicit some sort of empathy from him for me and that what if I just was fed up with the cops? What if I was being a rebellious teenager and I was like, dude, screw this. Like, I'm not doing this. This is stupid. I've been harassed my entire life by you cops. I'm just going home. And then I try to get into my car, my 2004 Toyota Corolla, because I'm a 16-year-old. And then dude shoots yeah. me in the back seven times. Not mm-hmm. once, not twice, seven. Bro, can you yeah. imagine shooting someone seven times? Like pull out your hand and then press the trigger. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seriously? What was going through that guy's mind? What was going through his like, heart to compel him to do that? I think it was anger. But one of the things that I stopped doing is I stopped trying to discern people's hearts. I don't care what's going on in your heart. I don't claim to know anything, but I can evaluate the facts and evaluate the information that I have. And I can reasonably say that that man did not get, need to get shot seven times. And so I, I commented and I was like, yo, what if that was me? Would you, would you dig through my criminal record? Would you justify this shooting by saying, oh, if he only would have listened, my stupid nephew, like he deserves to be paralyzed waist down in the hospital, chained or handcuffed to the bed. Who cares if, if he was shot in front of his three little brothers, I don't care. He should have just complied. I'm like, dude, you would not say that if that was me and hell no no way and the reason why is because we've been so emotionally detached from these situations that we emotionally distance ourselves from these people like this isn't this isn't a person this is just these are just pixels on a video this is just this is just another hashtag this is another trend this isn't jacob blake father of children son of so and so Mm -hmm. you know like we we've we're we dehumanize them. And, and one, of the, one of the interesting points that someone made to me a little while back, and, and I don't quite remember how, how it came up, but, but it's the idea that people latch onto the idea that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. And it's this psychological response, this subconscious desire that we have in order to perceive the world a certain way. So it's something that drives rape culture. It's something that drives people being emotionally distanced from Black people getting shot in the sense that whenever something happens, we justify it by saying, you could have done this. Why didn't you Mm. do this? Or this wouldn't have happened if you did this. Because subconsciously, Mm. we have to have this, this idea that we are in control of our lives and if we live properly, bad things won't happen to us because we just like can't comprehend the idea that you can be good and like bad things happen. And mm. and I was a very interesting point to me because it's like, yeah, like we at least me personally, I do live with this idea that like if I if I live like good, like good things should happen to me. And that's been very challenging for me, especially as a Christian, because Christianity is like, yo. You need to, you need to, you need to, uh, bear your cross. Like Christianity is not easy. Like you're going to suffer and for stuff. Real. So,
0: yeah, I feel that because, uh, I think one thing that I've always, or one lesson I've been trying to learn lately, and I think this is a very Christian idea too, is when you judge someone, it never, it defines who, who they are. It defines who you are. Mm-hmm. So when, when these moments like a George Floyd, I think the George Floyd was a big moment for me. Cause when I saw that video... To me, in my mind, I was like, all right, that's it. You know, this mm-hmm. is it. Like, this is the one where it's objectively, everyone is just going to be like, all right. Yeah. What there's the there's no what question. The yeah, there's no question. But like, lo and behold. There's still a question. You, 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 do you have like a, the Candace Owens come out and say like, you know, I refuse to say that George Floyd is like a saint and a martyr. It's like, sure. Okay, fine. Don't call him a saint. But I don't care how you shape your argument. Like the way that he got yeah, murdered. Man. Nothing justifies it in that situation. I don't care how bad of a criminal history he had, but what he was getting pulled over for in that situation did not warrant him being murdered like that. And I just and think of Philando I
1: just think of Filando Castile when I hear that.
0: Philan- like yeah, what Philando- did what did he do?
1: He was a he was a freaking school teacher, and then he was like pulled over for I think a broken right. tail light, and then he yeah. communicated with the officer saying, "Sir, I have have a like a." legal weapon or whatever i'm not reaching for it i'm reaching for the registration that you were asking for and then he shot him in like in front of his wife and kid yeah and then and, yeah in the car yeah dude and then freaking oh gosh
0: like yeah and it's like eric garner too in new york city mm-hmm. just on the street selling selling cigarettes yeah and i got put in a rear naked choke and he and that's when the whole i can't breathe thing thing came out Cause he literally couldn't breathe. And then they just, they choked him out on the spot. It's like, so like, I don't care. Like, uh, like what these people's criminal histories are, or if they're a good or a bad person, just the way that they're dying at the hands of police officers. I don't care how you shape the argument. it It's not justified because mm-hmm. like you were saying in your response to your uncle, I actually just pulled it up. You're saying <laughs> a police officer's duty is to serve and protect. Mm-hmm. That is their duty as a police officer. So when you go back to those uh situations, and you say okay were they truly serving and protecting the community in those situations i just don't i just do not understand how you can say that they were doing their job dutifully it's like when it comes to these kind of issues it's like when i see people's comments um and i reference social media a lot and i i feel like sometimes i try to devalue the comments that i see on social media but i think it's actually pretty important what what you see that people put arguments you know what they comment mm-hmm. on these kind of things because again, it, it is never what what they say and how they try to, I guess, justify these killings or try to um, try to devalue the significance of it. It never takes away from the, the gravity of the situation. It only just cl- more clearly defines who they are as a person. Because like with um, with George Floyd, I literally I was like, I don't know how you can have a counter argument to this you know, I don't know how you can come out and say like, Oh, like I, I don't support George Floyd. Like I really didn't know. And then again, people just kind of never fail to surprise me. Mm-hmm. And it just truly just tells you the state that our country is in with these kind of issues. It's like everyone, everything is so desensitized. Everything is so, so polarized with politics. And I think that truly is the danger of like this Trump presidency is people who who are in support of him are so so polarized on that end of the spectrum that they literally are like delusional Mm -hmm. you know it's one thing to support him but it's another thing to just be like you know just have such a closed mind where it's like there's almost a direct correlation everyone who was saying that george floyd you know his killing was somehow justified same thing with jacob blake same thing with maud arbor people who don't uh come out and support them i bet and i don't need the data for this that there's a very very strong or if not a direct correlation that those people are trump supporters Mm -hmm. i don't know what other demographic in the u.s would actually jump on that kind of argument you know what i mean i try to be very objective and take things from all angles but with these kind of issues now i'm just kind of to the point where it's like i just don't understand how you don't understand
1: so I have some thoughts on that. So I I mentioned this in our previous episode to where I think that these tendencies that we have as human beings, as sinful human beings, is to come up with anything that we can to justify what we want to think. Often we don't inform our perspective based off all the facts objectively. I don't even think that's possible. We, we always have some sort of bias associated with it. And, and I think that that's just human nature to try to protect our ideologies, our identities, and we will come up with whatever rationalization we can, even if it gets dissected logically and objectively, most people will just find some reason to deny it. Yeah, And yeah, I feel that. And, and I've seen it on both sides. And that's one of the reasons why I was a proponent of promoting the idea like, oh, you know, I understand where Trump supporters are coming from. I give them grace and sympathy and things like that. But... I do understand that aspect of human nature, but I also understand the reality that we live in. And right now, if I feel confident in my ability to discern that Trump should not be in the presidency this upcoming election, then right now I need to focus my efforts on trying to get him out. You know, this isn't the time to try to play bipartisan politics and say, yeah, but you know, let's try to understand where they're coming from. You know, you <laughs> Democrats do this too. Yes, you do. But this is not the time to talk about it. And I think yes. that's that idea that we're talking about before with Black Lives Matter. Like, I think that there are a lot of aspects of Black Lives Matter, social justice, blah, 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 that need to be addressed, i.e. white white mm-hmm. privilege and chads and karens and all this stuff that gets white people down and trying to like (laughs) subjugate them in like a back and like a get back at you kind of way and i still believe in that but i don't know if that's if if it's that big of a deal right now i mean i don't think white people are doing that bad right now and it's not like and i don't mean that in the sense that if something happened where i I would just be like dude just put up with being a karen you know for like another (laughs) four years i would not do that but if, if someone like straight up, so I follow a Christian meme page. I follow several of them actually. Yo, send them to
0: send them. Yo, they're to actually
1: really funny. Like I need more. I need more memes on my feed. You know they're they're really so serious. They're so you know funny, dude. Like, I, like yeah, one of them says, um, like, you know, the, the format for Twitter, right? So it, it just has like those lines and usually jokes and stuff. So, yeah. so it says, um, Moses parts, the red sea fish, Okay, WTF? Later, Fish's boss. Why were you late, Fish? You're not gonna believe this. (laughs) And like, I I will say, not all of them are that funny, and I don't know if that translates as well, not seeing it like um, with your eyes. But some of them are really funny, dude. Yo, post that on the website, man. Okay, yeah. (laughs) But um, wait, why did I say? Okay, so the Christian meme page said like they started making Karen jokes. And and like and like on the comments, people were like all laughing, like ah blah blah blah. And in my head, I was like, bro, like that's not okay. Like you're, you're, that's not cool. So I I like I commented. I was like, really? Like on a Christian meme on a Christian meme page, and I got like one one like.
0: (laughs) Hey, yo, props to you for calling that out. It's funny because churches are full of Karens. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh but anyways uh no i see what you're saying though like i think for me i i understand why i understand the trump appeal 100 percent. you know i totally understand why people would want to support him and vote for him but i think i'm coming from an angle now where it's like i i get you but i wholeheartedly disagree mm-hmm. like i fully understand and i fully disagree mm-hmm. and you know and i feel like i have very good reasons as to why you know whereas before i think i agree with you i was like you know what there was a little more like forgiveness it's like you know i understand why you could do it like but it's like you do you you know you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. but just now it's just to the point where it's like i don't know it's very sus if you tell me you're you're gonna vote for trump 2020 you know like i know that in 2016 uh there was a lot of people who were like you know ain't no way i'm voting for hillary so i'll vote for trump And, Mm -hmm. and part of me at that time i was like you know what you do you you know what i'm saying yeah and like, yeah for for a little bit too i was i mean i didn't vote in 2016 you
1: know sorry but i think i was shame too i was so sad to vote yeah. for hillary man I'm, i was like dude i i walked up to that poll and i was just like face down yeah. i was so yeah. mad, dude i wanted to vote for right. bernie so bad dude for real um fun fact
0: though did you know hennessy the the alcohol got like twenty five hundred votes in twenty sixteen. Are you that funny? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! The, anyways, my point. <laughs> my point is like, how do you know that?
1: Why do you know that? Like, why is that a fact? You just pulled I, out.
0: <laughs> I saw that on a meme back in Instagram back then, oh. and I think Harambe. Remember Harambe? The Harambe? Girl? I think he got. I think he got like eight thousand votes too. <laughs> So between <laughs> Hennessy and Harambee, there was ten thousand <laughs> votes lost. <laughs> Not even for Gary, you know what I'm saying? It was... <laughs> oh man! Uh, anyways, I hope I hope never. One, I hope no one does that in 2020. But what I'm saying is, uh, like in 2016, I understood why people would vote for Trump, and I was very like, you know what, you know, like I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to get elected, but it's like. I was, there was definitely more forgiveness where i was like you know what like yeah like i understand why you dislike hillary but i think in 2020 I'm, i have a much more aggressive like
1: mm-hmm.
0: take where it's like if you vote for trump then something is seriously up with you you yeah, know and yeah. i'm sorry if that offends anyone but it's like you clearly just don't either you don't understand or you don't want to understand yeah you're prioritizing the wrong things you definitely are and like at this point you're just choosing to hate you're looking for reasons to hate you know well, that's a little far, <laughs> but, but well, <laughs> I, I'm going to stick to it. Okay, I'm going to stick, gonna stick with to it. it. Stay so like, but I think I keep saying I'm going to need the data for this, but there probably isn't any data. But I would say that in 2020, there are the, the percentage of Trump voter or people who are going to vote for Trump who are now like closet Trump supporters is probably way higher now than it was in 2016. I think mm. that I think there is some level of self-awareness among people who will vote for Trump that it's like, they definitely don't want to be like, promoting it you know mm-hmm. so i don't know it's just a very very interesting election that's coming up and i am gonna vote 2020 you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like i'm definitely gonna vote
1: yeah i registered my wife she was like what is this and i was like i registered you to vote and she's like okay <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah yeah i got it. Out of i gotta get on that yeah man you got to uh i think you have to send it in or something. or i i was registered in denton county so i had to do like some different things to change it because i'm in tarrant now
0: it, it like it pops up on my facebook feed every time i log it's in. like you're so, registered you up? yeah <laughs> <laughs> every time i just exit i'm like i'll do it later but <laughs> I, think, I really got to get around to it yeah
1: man because it's 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 coming up fast because i think you it have is. to do it like a month yeah. before the the election in November unless yeah. like unless Trump pushes it back like a freaking dictator or something um but yo one one point i wanted to make is that just like hearing goodie's perspective it reminded me how powerful the gospel is and it, it reminded me personally how much i've lost sight of that and i and i think that one of the things that we fall into one of the traps that we fall into is that we we like we we think that the gospel is weak. Like, like if we're trying to convince someone, we shouldn't bring up God and like Christ and sin and all this stuff. Like we should just try to placate and and water down our words in order to appeal to people. And, and I just realized like, dude, like get to the core. And, and I think the core is like, like exactly the things that Goody was talking about, especially if you're talking with Christ, with a Christian community. Like, dude,
0: mm-hmm. look
1: at a, look at Exhibit A, B, and C. Can you really say that this man is Christ-like? Can you say that this man is is showing the fruits of the Spirit? And if you honestly mm-hmm. say yes, then I don't know what to tell you, man. And and even yeah, taking yeah. that from a perspective of talking with secular people, it just like it it showed me like. If you are that confident that your perspective is more aligned with the gospel than this person, then shouldn't you first one see it as your responsibility to say something and two be confident that what you're saying is true. It doesn't matter what other people say it doesn't matter if people laugh react at your stuff and say that you're stupid if you yourself are right with god and you know that what you're saying is right go for it bro and that's why i've been so much more outspoken on social media because i don't care if you think that i'm i'm annoying for posting Mm -hmm. six black lives matter posts i i think that you should care about what it says i i like and and i'm just like i'm so done with with worrying about what people think. I'm so done with thinking that my perspective is unwelcomed or it's not good. Like I'm just done with that. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm in dude. And I'm just like, I'm, I was listening to all of these different perspectives. I, I listened to, I think I listened to all of them, all of, all of the different interviews and stuff. And, and I was like, it was so interesting to me how every single perspective brought forth some for, some sort of truth, and obviously Goody is going to be the one that that resonates the most with me because he's like he's educated, he's he's theologian, pastor, he's got all this all this biblically sound perspective. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. I was I was listening to Ricky, I was listening to Melanie with Mel, all of them spitting their truths and spitting these things that that all coincided with one another. I was shocked at how much of these perspectives overlapped. Like you would have different, different disagreements here and there. Like, like one of the obvious ones, like Mel was like, white fragility, she should not have wrote that. And then ironically enough, Goody like quotes white fragility in the interview. Yeah. And then and he was like, you should read it. Yeah. And then like yeah. to bring up Mel again. Mel said, you know, if you're if you're not with the movement, like I'm kind of wondering, like, where have you been? And then Melanie was the more like, hey, you know, you can never be late and do all this stuff. And yeah, and yeah, like yeah. I'm I gotta say, like I it's that same sort of thing where I think that all of those different perspectives have elements of truth to them. And it's our job Absolutely. to to amalgamate them and put them all into a coherent perspective that informs the way that we see the world. And then we use that in order to affect change. And, and I just got to say, bro, I was listening to these episodes. I was like, dude, this is some pretty good content, man. Like I'm, I'm very dude, happy bro, I'm to tell- do this with I'm you. T-
0: I'm telling you, I know I mentioned this in another episode, but it's like, when I listen to certain freestyles and I get like goosebumps, you know, mm-hmm. when they really go in and it starts like clicking with you. I felt that a lot with uh, Mel's episode mm-hmm. um, and especially with goodies, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and it's true. Like I think when I think about uh, like black lives matter and just racial issues, a lot of times I separate that from like how, from like a um, how I would think of it as like a Christian, you know what I mean? Mm. For some reason i already i always like try to like tend to separate those two things you know it's mm-hmm. like oh like my faith is one thing and then standing up for social justice is another but what really convicted me in goodies episode is like it goes hand in hand you yeah. know what i'm saying and it's like again the fundamental teachings of jesus and the gospel if you truly are practicing out those those values I love the part when he was saying like, well, shouldn't it at some point bear some kind of fruit? Mm -hmm. Shouldn't it show in your way in shouldn't shouldn't it show in your life in some way, shape or form, you know? Um, so I don't know. I just, I think, I think the issues that he was talking about with the church and selective outrage in the church and how it's just so crazy how the, the church doesn't back certain movements, you know, like black lives matter. It's not like a unanimous thing. And I just think that, it runs deep where with like in the church where I think just the fundamental practices uh of the church in America is kind of broken, you know?
1: I absolutely I, I, agree.
0: It's like it's like how you you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm I'm just a big believer in fundamentals, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like in basketball. It's like how are you gonna, how are you gonna play basketball if you don't know how to dribble? Yeah, you know or like you don't have good footwork and it's like, I feel like that's what the church is at right now. It's like, they forgot how to dribble. They don't, they're not practicing their footwork, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, we got to go back to the basics. And it's like, when when we're talking about social justice, like let's take the politics, let's even take like the race, like the skin color Mm -hmm. out of it. And look at these situations one by one. Is it, was it a justified killing? Was it or was it not? Mm -hmm. Take all that, factor all that out, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know if I'm being close minded by saying this, but it's like if if you factor all those things out and you still come to the conclusion that like, oh, you know what? I'm still on those police officers' side. I still don't think there's an issue. There's no issue with the police department, and the training. And I still don't believe that, you know, I still believe that that person, because he had a criminal history or like he was a bad person in a previous a- a stage in his life. Like, yeah, he deserved to die in that moment if you come to that conclusion, I, I'm at the point where I'm seriously questioning like your values, like, mm-hmm. and especially if you're a Christian and I'm sorry that comes out if, if that comes off as kind of judgmental, but like I, like you were saying, like if you, if you believe in something and you, if you believe that you have this conviction with God and that is what you are, you think you should believe based on your own relationship with God, then you should say it. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at. Like if you really are, like if you really are thinking that, and are choosing to take the humanity out of this person's life like a jacob blake it's like why is it why is it all about like oh he should have complied rather than dude this dude literally just
1: got shot in front of his kids yeah man like like i posted something about this a couple weeks ago it is so sick how we politicize every single death and there's not even any time there's no room to mourn like there's no room to be like dude another black dude shot another father It's so, it's like, that's always, it seems like that's the initial reaction these days. You know, it's
0: like, whenever something like this happens, there's no initial mourning period. It's only from one side, but I think it even skips the mourning now. It just goes straight to anger.
1: Yeah, man. There is
0: no like collective mourning because everything is so polarized. Everything is so politicized. And a lot of that, I will say again, and I'm sorry if this comes off as aggressive, I will say a lot of that is perpetuated by Trump. Mm-hmm. And how he handles the, these situations as a president, it's disgraceful. You know, it's like, it's like when those uh, protests were happening after George Floyd. What did he tweet? He said, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. That's our president. Yeah, He man. was quoting a racist governor or governor. Or I don't care who that person was from the 50s. Who's was a racist governor or mayor or whatever from mm-hmm. from back in the 50s. And people loved it. That's the scary and people
1: thing. people loved it. Man. That's the scary and then, thing.
0: And then again, at the, at the height of when uh, people wanted to uh, tear down statues and monuments, right? Mm-hmm. What does he do? Also at the height of a pandemic, he throws a 4th of July parade slash celebration out route at Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. It's like right at the time when there's uh, all this awareness about like what that actually stands for. And actually the main architect who designed it was a blatant racist. He was a supporter of the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. So it's like knowing all these things, it's like he's purposely like like perpetuating all these issues and it's like it just feeds into his following and that's why i say like if you at this point are still so blindly following this man and his administration and believing everything that he's saying at it is is truth and it's your gospel that i'm seriously going to question your character and your values just Mm -hmm. as a human being and especially if you're a christian Mm -hmm. and again i'm apologizing as a formality but i really don't feel too bad about saying that at this point you know Mm -hmm. it's just like that's where i stand it's mm-hmm. a straight-up joke like we're living in the twilight zone we're yeah. we're an episode of the simpsons like <laughs> other countries other countries don't take us seriously yeah like, man
1: we straight up fell off the map like people laugh at us and like done like, like, it's sad like it's the fall off you know what i'm saying
0: yeah. it's like and it's uh it's just sad mm-hmm. these days sometimes i just like think of these situations and it's so sad that it makes me laugh you know what i mean i'm yeah. just like I'm like, kind of like morning and I'm like, I kind of like chuckle. I'm like, "too, we're screwed. Like,
1: <laughs> like, yo, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yo, Let me, let me instill some hope in you. I mean, instill right, some hope. So, so, so going back to the same thing, you know, this idea that there are higher forms of truth, um, more, more truer perspectives than others, whatever. And yeah. And I absolutely vibe with you. I, I am way more aggressive in my tone and or I guess aggressive is the right word. Aggressive doesn't always have to mean like disrespectful. And, and it's just because I, I can see the urgency and importance of these issues. It's, it's not a joke, you know, like it is my responsibility to call things out when I see them, that, that that's my job. And, and I've gotten to the point where, we had this. We had a discussion about this. I think I asked you like four times. I was like, "What's the threshold? You know, what's the threshold of understanding?" Yeah, you know? yeah. You yeah. was pushing. Yeah, I was pushing for last episode. Yeah, dude. man. Because because that, that that's like my thing. You know, I'm like, how far do you push this? And and I ref, I've reflected on this quite a bit, and I do think that at this point, you have a responsibility to recognize that these things are issues. Like, you don't have an excuse anymore. Specifically, if you live in America, if you live in like Korea or something, maybe you can get a pass. But if you live in America, you have seen these issues go on for years. Oh, Trayvon Martin was like two thousand and twelve or something, and mm-hmm. and now we still got George Floyd and and Jacob Blake and Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and and all these people in in what was it twenty twenty. And, and you're going to claim that you don't understand that Black Lives Matter is, is still not a terrorist group and, and that this is an issue, how, how much longer, how many more Black lives do you have to see in order to make this, make this a reality for you? And, mm-hmm. and I, just, I get to the point where I'm like, it won't become your reality because you refuse to see it. And, but here's where, the hope, here's where the hope comes in. You have to understand where people come from. And as Christians, you and I can have that mutual understanding that people are sinful and sin will manifest in ways where it clouds your perspective. It clouds your self-perception. It clouds your perception of reality. And just in doing so and bringing a broken human being. And even from a secular perspective, I'm sure psychologically this makes sense in that your insecurities, your issues and your trauma will inform your perspective and cloud your ability to see a reality objectively. And as As you know, just you and I, I I can just speak to you right here as, as Christians who claim to be empathetic and trying to make a difference in the world. We have to understand that people are sinful, that sin manifests in realist, in in real ways, tangible ways. And we have to understand that we have, we have to give grace because God loves us as sinners. We were in the same boat. We are still are in the same boat, but we cannot use that as, as an excuse to be pessimistic or to be apathetic because mm. it is our responsibility to lead to shepherd to manifest mm. god's will into the world because we are active agents of change alongside god and that mm. is the reason why i chose to respond to my uncle that is the reason why i saw it my duty to give a biblically sound perspective in in rebuttal to what he said and right. he commented back and he just doubled down in his perspective but in a in a oddly you know kind of loving way because i think i i made a i hope that i made a point where it kind of made him think but he doubled down and he said something like you know i i if you were in that kind of situation i i, I would hope that you wouldn't do anything because i love you i don't want you to be hurt and mm. and it it doubled down into a perspective where i i, I saw you know like he does not understand, and I, I do think that there is sin there. There's sin in like pretty much everything, and and he just can't see that perspective. But at the same time, it is not my job to try to coddle him and try to make him understand. And that's why I asked Goody, and I was like, what do you do when people don't get it? They don't want to mm. understand. And he said, yeah. you brush the dirt off your feet and move on. And I like to say brush yeah. the dirt off your shoulders because I like that. I like that hey, saying, you know, yeah. brush the dirt off your shoulders real quick. But yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm really abiding by that philosophy. And I'm, I'm done thinking that the gospel is weak. I'm done thinking that any sort of biblically sound perspective about social justice is weak or unnecessary. And I'm also done with wasting my time where it's not needed. If my uncle is not going to hear, and maybe somebody else on on this podcast, we will hear. Maybe one of our friends will understand. Maybe somebody random really? on this internet will understand. But yeah. it's my job to just keep putting it out there.
0: Mm-hmm. True. Yo, that's straight facts. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like that biblical analogy of like our job is to plant the seed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything after that, we have to have faith that God will work in some way. Yeah, um, man. That, the that, that's faith like, aspect that's a, is huge. That, Right, that's a that's above like our own power and, and our our own will as men. Um, that's such a great woman, perspective and woman, to bring. And women, yes, yes, and women. <laughs> you and know, woman, whatever else you might want, yeah, whatever yeah, else yeah, you might yeah. want to call yourself. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, yeah the, what do you call those? All those pronouns, right? Yeah, actually, like yeah. Z and, uh, and all that stuff. So, so like, dude, I, I love that you brought that up because one of the one of the reasons why I feel so strongly about my perspective and my capacity to to like say the things that need to be said is because I'm done thinking that anything rides on my own ability. You know, like, yeah. I, I think I crafted a pretty darn good response to my uncle. I think that that was a very convicting message. I thought really hard about it, and that did not change his heart because it's not me that changes it, bro. It, I can say yeah. as eloquent of words as I can, anybody can. Like It's not like you can have the most perfect preacher in the world and then suddenly everybody's a Christian because everybody has their own things that they have to work out with between them and the big guy. And all you do is you just you just do your thing. You, you act as that little agent with whatever you can and everything else is up to him. So you can take the stress off of it, bro. It's not your job to convert your uncle. It's not your job to convert your homeboy to become a Democrat and, and to not vote for Trump, bro. Like It's not your job, yeah. but it is your job to speak your truth. And yes, and and I, I want to make that that um that separation or that uh, dichotomy between speaking your truth and living your truth because that was something that was brought up I I think maybe with Ricky's episode and and maybe other episodes and I, I've said it several times I'm like you got to speak your truth and what I mean by that is you have to understand what your truth is and you have to speak it into existence you got to talk with people and explain what it is and. But there's a difference between living your truth, because if you Mm. if you like live out your truth and you're not really understanding what that truth is, what that means is you're elevating whatever you think should be above everything else like, oh, I'm just Mm. doing me, you know, like Mm. people use that justification all the time about their issues like bro, I'm just being a Pisces, bro. Like, to like chill out, <laughs> you know, like, no, like we have yeah. to check our bad habits. We have to acknowledge the things that need to be changed in our lives. And we have to keep working towards improving ourselves and, and growing and shaping ourselves to become more Christ-like I'm just say Christ-like, but you can say perfect or whatever. And, yeah. but I believe that people need to speak their truth because they need to get it out there. You know, like they need to have these constructive conversations. And I love you know, maybe somebody should make a mm. podcast about that. Maybe they can make it like hey. kind of like, like call sound of water or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to walk it like you're talking. You know what I'm saying? Oh goodness, man. I, I feel that. It's like
0: one part that like, I keep going back to with goodies episode is like when, when he was going off and he was saying like, if we were living out the words that we're speaking, we wouldn't even be having these conversations mm-hmm. and as believers. Again, it's like, if you are truly about what you are proclaiming as a Christian, as a believer, at certain at a certain point, shouldn't there be some kind of fruit to bear? Mm-hmm. And I think that's so true, not even with, you know, apart from like social justice, I'm talking just like as a Christian in general. Um, there has to be some kind of way that your faith shows in your life through action. And I think a counter argument to that all the time is like well you can't buy your faith you can't buy your salvation through your your, your works and that's true you can't mm-hmm. that goes against the teachings of, of our gospel but that's di- that's totally different from the the fruits of your faith showing through your life
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: what i'm saying it's not like it's different from you putting in work to earn your salvation versus you being so strongly convicted by the teachings of jesus that it naturally plays out in your li- in your life that other people can see that it is apparent that you are a believer, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And that applies to all, all aspects of your life as a Christian or it should, And you know, even as I say this, I'm not saying that I do that so perfectly, you know what I'm saying? Like I've, I've made my fair share of mistakes and I don't live like a perfect life, but I think that's the conviction that I've been, that, that last interview with Goody really started to convict me, you know, and I feel like I've heard that like, that being taught in, in church a lot in the past, you know, like you got to bear fruit, you got to bear fruit, mm-hmm. but at, at a certain, at a certain point, it's like, that just becomes another message too. You know, it's just like, Hey, you know, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. But then you get challenged and like, and it kind of hits differently. You know, it's like, dang, like I should stand on a certain side with these kind of stuff. You know, it's it's like, you can't, you can't keep being passive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and what you were saying earlier, yeah, it is, it is coming to a point where you do have to like pick a side.
1: Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I love it because one of the points you made earlier, I actually wanted to touch on. So I'm glad that you said that because I can bring it back. So you were saying this idea of separating social justice and Christianity. And I think you can apply yeah. that to everything, like just caring for your neighbor or doing homeless stuff or, or whatever. And, and I think that what we do is we use that as, as an excuse. And I think I'm saying that personally, from my own perspective, because that's what convicted me so hard with goodies episode when, when I was like, bro, like you, I'm talking to you. Like he, he wasn't saying that, but, but in my our heart, I was convicted. Like, don't think about other people. He's talking about you. And I was like, same sort of thing where you were talking about. I was like, you know, I feel like I'm doing my thing. You know, I'm, I'm like doing this podcast with David and you know, I don't have to invest this emotional energy into, into like, for example, talking with my uncle or like posting on this comment or like, or like sharing this thing. Cause what, what will people think of me? Like, like I wasn't really about it, you know, like my skin wasn't in the game. Same thing, like you said. And I think that applies for everything and for Christianity, you know, like Christianity, your love for God and for love, love for Jesus, love for people should naturally manifest in ways that you don't have to worry about it's because you love golf so much that you just wake up because you want to do golf. <laughs> like, like it's just that, that's just the way that you live. And, and mm-hmm. I think that exactly like what you said, I think the church specifically has lost their way so much to where we are like Sunday Christians. And we, we just like, we, we set aside a certain aspect of our life for Christianity and then everything else does not involve God. And that's not supposed to be like that, bro. Like it's supposed to fully encompass literally everything that we do and naturally spill Mm -hmm. out to everything. And Mm -hmm. this is, this is one of the, the things that I've been working on. So, so I have a blog and I recently changed it to joy of Josh, but originally it was called art of the dragonfly. And what I mean by the art of the dragonfly is dragonflies. When you think about them, like they, they like move sporadically, but but methodically so they'll like they'll stay in one little spot and then they'll just like shoot and zoom to another spot and stay there for a second and then keep doing that oh word i didn't know that yeah you didn't know that dude dragonflies are no i Um, honestly they still kind of scare me when i see them
0: because they're 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 kind of big they're big but it's like once i remember oh they're pretty harmless then i'm like wow dragonflies but like
1: (laughs) (laughs) i I didn't i I did not know that okay (laughs) yeah man and and so so like the, the thing that I drew from that, like behavior, because I, I saw a dragonfly on my trip to Vietnam, it like got caught in like our tour bus van or something when, when only me and Shelby were there, when I was like going through all this metaphysical crisis and stuff. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and I resonated it with it because I'm going to just be straight up, bro. Like I, one of the biggest criticisms that I had from a mentor I really mm-hmm. cared about was that I am trying to do too much like, I need to just focus mm-hmm. on one thing. And I need to just focus on that and do that well. And maybe I can move on to the next thing. And I always felt like, bro, like, you don't understand, like, you don't understand what my heart is, you don't understand my, my capacity, my, my mm-hmm. abilities, what I can do. And, and I was struggling with it, because I, I felt this strong conviction as to what I could do. But I didn't understand exactly how to articulate, I, I couldn't bring up a, a rational response and evidence for it. And, and that's when it hit me. And it's like, All of these things, we we like to think that they're disconnected. We like to think that our family, our friends, our business, our podcast, our clothing brand are all disconnected. And we need to focus on like one here and one here and do all this stuff. But Mm -hmm. no, when you think about it from a Christian perspective, they aren't all separate. They're all interconnected by your faith. Mm -hmm. Your faith is the one that informs and and flows out into all these different things. You can be a Christian to your family. You can be a Christian to your friends. You can be a Christian playing video games. It's, it's not like you can only be a Christian on Sundays with your Christian friends, and then you have to go do your secular job, and, and that's like your eight hours where you're secular. No, it is your job and your duty, and I don't say this in a, in a legalistic Pharisee sense, but it should naturally flow out to where you look at that as an opportunity to spread the gospel and to spread God's kingdom. You look at that what? secular perspective and you think, where can I make a difference? Where can I mm. be a Christian in this perspective? And you do that mm-hmm. with literally everything, bro. You do that with mm-hmm. rest, sleep, friends, family, brand, all this stuff. And that is the art of the dragonfly. The art of the dragonfly Mm-mm. is you have all of that stuff that God Ugh. informs. Of it. And dude, and this is the last part. You know, you know how like bugs are drawn to like lamps and stuff, like, and they like float around. God yeah. is that like like bulb, bro. And then you're just like, bro. <laughs> oh, I just I'm, I just did it. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm starting a campaign right now. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: forget Joya Josh. You're going back to Art of the Dragonfly. Why <laughs> Why you change that, dude? Are you kidding me? Okay, so so Art of the Dragonfly is like the the me- me- methodology behind it. But Joy Josh is like the main branding. Like Art of the Dragonfly is the stuff I'm gonna like teach people and like and like describe how it all works. But Joy of Josh is like, cause like, dude, Joy of Josh. Like, what's Joy of Josh? Joy is from is from the Lord, and that this is Josh. What's up?
0: And from the Art of the But Dragonfly. Art of the Dragonfly.
1: Butterfly is windfall. You got all these. Oh insects. my
0: god, dude, you're going Grandmaster Josh on me right now, dude. <laughs> Sound of water. Be like water. Art of the Dragonfly yo butterflies with windfall
1: all right bro i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say it here because i'm fairly certain it's going to manifest into reality and and i don't okay. say that because I, I would love to to kind of draw to touch on these topics in the future but there's a big thing with like manifesting things into reality that is very spiritual but not biblical that we i really feel like we need to discuss but anyways okay. what i mean by that is i'm going to say this because I, I'm fairly certain it's going to happen because especially the things that we talked about, but that thing I said in the last episode where you were like, dude, you should get into community organizing. I, I'm about it. Like I, I want to add that as another thing that I'm doing whenever the stars align and I Mm -hmm. straight up do see it as the vision that I have is there's going to be a website slash app and it's going to show like all these different candidates and it's going to show what they stand for. And it's also going to have some sort of commentary or discussion from a Christian standpoint where we're talking about it. And like, same thing, like with this mm. previous election or this election coming up, like for example, it'd be like, if you are trying to decide between Trump and Biden, you know, we side with Trump or not, no, I'm sorry. Oh, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's the twist. No, back it up. There's the twist. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We 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 side with Biden because A B and C, and we understand yeah. the perspective for Trump because of A B and C. But this is why we think this is more of a biblically sound perspective. And having that kind of like commentary and discussion on literally everything, and and don't, doing what I said before, where it's like you can find actionable steps on how to get um, how to get integrated into your community and stuff, and like what how to how to vote, how to call your council council hall how to how to do all these things and these are the politicians that are currently like trying to get elected in your in your town and this is what they do this is why they're important and and i think that same thing before what i said i was like dude gen z is gonna be should be the one to do and i was like you know what i'm gonna do it i'm done waiting on other people to do it dude i've lost hope on gen z so forget Gen Z. (laughs) no yo gen z is kind of crazy though have you have you ever seen TikTok?
0: Oh, oh, it's so funny that you bring that up because I was gonna say as much as I I feel like I've been hating on Trump, the one moment where I was like, okay, this dude is you know you know I was like, yo, hold up, is when he when he tried, you know he signed that executive order banning TikTok. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, uh, I'm kind of down with that, you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> okay. No, all right, dude. Okay, I go ahead. Say, go okay, ahead. before oh, I I don't have a TikTok uh but i have uh i don't know i was curious this one time uh because we had this uh challenge for my book club where it's like uh the homework we assigned this homework assignment right and it was we had to do a tiktok dance and show it to each other uh Uh, and actually like only like two of us went through with it but like in doing that i like looked it up right on youtube and it was like it was crazy because it was like 2020 tiktok compilation video like 25 and i was like there's already 25 of these and it was like 10 minutes you know but it's like yeah. my understanding is like each ticked out it's kind of like it's like short videos so yeah it's like, like Vine,
1: how Vine used to be
0: yo for real i was like so if this is number 25 and like it's a 10 minute long video that's a lot of videos that's been put out so i was like yo this is wild mm-hmm. so i clicked on it and i'm not even exaggerating i feel like by this by like minute two my brain was like just like melting you know yeah, what I'm saying? Dude. Like I was losing brain cells and you know what I'm saying? It's just oh like, wait,
1: no, I disagree with you. I thought we were on the same page. Dude, TikTok no. is crazy. It's so cool. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, All right. Let's hear We're going okay. on a TikTok tangent. All right, let's go. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. So I was on board with you. So bro, like my shirt right here. So this is, this is like new windfall drop. This, is, yeah, this okay. is about China. Big brother, this is about China. What that say? Man. Big
0: brothers watching
1: you? You know George Orwell's 1984? Yeah, yeah, 1985. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or it's like, uh, what is it? Surveillance is security, freedom. Or oh, wait, am I near the mic? Can you hear me?
0: No, you're good. I'll, I'll, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength.
1: Right. So like, I was really- oh, I get that tea though. Yeah, dude, you know, it's on windfallclothing.com. It's on you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm browse <laughs> after this. <huh? laughs> so um, So actually, you know, one of the things with this recent clothing drop was I was doing, um, I was inspired to do all this stuff about Asian American issues with COVID and stuff. And I was doing all this stuff to promote and celebrate Chinese culture, right? Because Chinese were the one that were like being attacked specifically. And other Asians yeah. were more so like kind of the, the auxiliary, that's not the right word, but like, you know, they
0: like scapegoated.
1: Yeah, yeah, they just got scapegoated a, as well because we're Asian. Yeah. But, you know, my wife actually checked me and she was like, "Like, it's it's great, you know, it's beautiful what you're doing, but don't forget, you know, like China isn't perfect either. And, and I started like, I took that to heart and I was like, you know what, I need to have like, a well-rounded perspective on this stuff too, because it's not that black and white. And I started to like dig deeper into China, you know, and dude, China's crazy. I don't think we remember, but China is a communist country. China persecutes Christians. They burn churches, they like arrest Christians and and they like burn Bibles and ban it. And they have social credit and they like surveillance, they have, you know what social credit is, bro? Now, what the, was that some kind of black mirror stuff? Yeah, it exists. They have social yeah. credit. They have like, so like if you like help an elderly woman cross the street, like a score? A score. And it affects, yo, that's straight up, that's straight up Black Mirror. Dude, and it affects like your, your ability to like ride public transit and like get jobs and like all this stuff. Like if you have incredibly low social credit, you ain't getting in nowhere. And like they surveillance it through cameras to like see who you, dude, this is real. Like, and, and, and I don't know, like, um, I believe his name is like, wei luang or something i mean i don't speak chinese so i apologize for butchering it but the original whistleblower for covid so it was like uh it was like in a group like wechat probably um yeah. like their version of CowCow Cow and like you know their their chat whatever and he's talking yeah, with yeah, other yeah, doctors yeah, yeah. and he's trying to warn these other doctors like yo i think this thing is like going to be a problem like this covid thing or whatever before it was a huge thing and And that got shared in some capacity and the Chinese government silenced him and they said, bro, you need to stop this. You are like fear mongering and blah, blah, blah. So they silenced him. He caught coronavirus and died and then coronavirus spread everywhere. And then like it became this global pandemic. And Uh... dude, the Chinese government were like, they were more concerned about their public image and controlling the people rather than the safety of their people and also the entire world and and now one of the reasons why this is one of the interesting things in which i can understand something i didn't understand before is that the reason why trump calls it the chinese virus is because china started saying that americans brought the coronavirus to china from their soldiers so, and then, word? yeah, so then Trump started calling it the Chinese virus as a rebuttal to them and being like, screw you. It's the Chinese virus. Oh, and word? Yeah. So, like, he wasn't, Yo, I mean. That's pretty gangster. Yeah, so, like, I understand where he's coming from, but at the same time, I have to make a, I have to make a decision because I have to realize even though I understand what you're doing and you're trying to get back at China for something they're doing wrong, you are adversely affecting your own people. Mm-hmm. And that is what yeah. is priority. So you should not call it Chinese mm-hmm. virus. And that, that's like yeah. kind of the the perspective that I'm coming to. It's like you can understand where someone, someone you can understand where someone is coming from, but it is your you have to have the ability to discern between different perspectives because they're gonna be mm. they're gonna be very compelling. You know, like I get why he does it, why why he said it but I, he he is not prioritizing the right things and that's the same thing that we're talking about with all this other stuff if i can show you empirical evidence that asian americans are suffering from your rhetoric inside of your own country is it really worth it to take a jab at china at that point no real. bro For like real. like focus on your people man like like, and that, yeah. that's the same sort of thing that we're talking about with all this different stuff, man. Get your priorities in line. Check yourself. Evaluate your own intentions. Search your heart, bro. And our hearts are messed up, man. Hearts are messed up, bro. We got to get someone from China on this podcast, man. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I would love to. That'd be, that'd be sick. Dude.
0: Dude, that's the same thing where, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but Trump called Kim Jong-un the rocket man. You remember that? No. On Twitter, what he called, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> yeah, Trump and Kim Jong un went on like this Twitter like rap battle. Okay, you know first of all, Basically, Kim Jong un has a Twitter, all right? <laughs> so, I don't know, I don't know if it's like I gotta, it's I gotta get facts, honest. but but yeah, there's something where he was going back and forth with Kim Jong un or his PR, or whatever, uh, but like, and he called him Rocket Man, and I. <laughs> I got to say in that moment, I remember I, I heard about that and I was like, okay, that's pretty savage. That's pretty funny. You know, like, and then it was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I like moved a little closer to understanding like, yeah, like, like what, right. like is appeal to people and stuff. Like, yeah, I'm like, all right, that's, that's pretty savage. Yeah. But then also it's like the different ramifications that like these unintended consequences that like, it yeah. seems like he doesn't. Yeah, I totally get that.
1: Yeah, that that's one of the things that has really permeated my life lately. And it's, mm-hmm. it's the responsibility that we have as leaders. And I don't mean leaders as you and me on this podcast or me as a clothing brand owner or your professor or your teacher or your boss. Yeah. I mean a leader yeah. as someone who believes that they have the ability and also the duty to spread goodness into the world. That's a leader. And Absolutely, same because- same thing that we talked about before. All, all, the, all four people that we interviewed said that and, and I, mm-hmm. I heard it. They were like you need to stop looking for other people to be leaders and you need to start recognizing that you are a leader
0: i was gonna say all the best leaders are first the best followers too so mm-hmm. from a christian from a christian perspective again going back to like do you understand what the fundamental teachings and what the fundamental values of being a christian are mm-hmm. and before you can be a leader you need to really search inwardly and ask yourself Am I living out these values? Yeah. And leadership is something that we've been talking about this podcast. Leadership isn't always loud. It's not always big. It's not always standing on a pedestal speaking to thousands of people. You know, leadership starts from the microest of levels. You know, on the last episode we joked. If you can't help your mom with the dishes, you can't learn to be anti-racist, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I said that in a joking manner, but I I, I think there is a, some level of truth there because the same heart that goes towards wanting to help your mom with the dishes, for example, mm-hmm. is going to be the same heart that's going to that's going to give so, you the convictions so- to want create, to create some kind of a positive change in the community, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like when you talk about leadership, again, it's not always like standing in a pet- on a pedestal in front of crowds but it's like do you have the courage to live out these values every day mm-hmm. in any situation and i feel like sometimes when you talk about living out a christian lifestyle and evangelizing there's a certain stigma attached where it's like you know you see like the korean Ajamas at h mart like ringing bells and handing <laughs> you flyers and you just like get scared away from that you know you know and that is one form of evangelizing but it's like that's not what it always means to live out a christian lifestyle right like it doesn't have to be so in your face like that too it's like how are you showing people love how are you showing people empathy and how are you showing people kindness every day uh like to your neighbors whether whether you think of them in a negative way or in a positive way like are you showing people that level of forgiveness that is being shown through you to you through through the love of jesus christ you know what i'm saying it's like those are the fundamental values that christians need to understand and when i say christians again i'm speaking to myself here it's like you need to understand that if you can't live that out again at at a micro level, there's no way that you can be a leader in a community, in a church, in an organization. It doesn't matter. Like it starts from you looking inward and creating that change from inside. Mm -hmm. And that'll permeate to different aspects of your life. And that's one thing I've really, really been challenged on this podcast. Um, And especially with the last episode, you know, it's like Christianity And, you know, my, my faith and social justice are the same thing. Mm -hmm. It intertwines my faith and how I approach my work is the same thing. My faith and how I approach my relationship, friendship, you know, whatever it is, it's all the same thing because it should all come from the core values that I'm trying to live out. You know what I'm saying? Art of
1: the dragonfly. Art of the (laughs) (laughs) dragonfly. Yo. Yo, I, I think that Goody articulated it so well and he said, it's almost as if the injustices that are too close to us are too much to bear. And I think that's one of the reasons why we separate our faith into these segments into our life, especially when it comes to like evangelism and like loving people and stuff. That's true fact. Because yeah. it's so much easier to, and not, not to knock these Ajimas. I mean, it's great the, the work that they're doing, you know, but like, <laughs> yo. It, shout out to those yeah album. shout I out to them it. bro like i, I ain't doing work, that i ain't not doing work that. you know like
0: i'm trying to save face but they I mean, no shame
1: <laughs> so like it's so much easier to do that with a stranger and it's so much yeah. easier to try to spread the gospel with someone you're not emotionally invested with and i think that's the same yeah. sort of thing with like arguing or or debating with people on the internet like you have it's just some random person like it's just it's a couple like. It's just a picture on the internet, like it's not an actual person. But once you start yeah. to get into the personal matters, once you start to get into like your friends, your family, like people that you know, it's far, it's, it's far more difficult to have those difficult conversations because you don't want to tarnish the relationship. Like you, you're mm-hmm. afraid to speak your truth and what you feel compelled like you need to say because you're afraid of conflict. You're afraid of hurting the people that you care about. You're afraid of them, like being mad at you or not understanding. And it's, it's almost as if that's too much to bear. So we separate it. We emotionally distance ourselves Mm. and we, we segment our lives to say, okay, on Sunday, this is when I go and evangelize to like, random people on the street but i'm not going to try and spread the gospel to my friend that i work with because i i know he's not going to get it you know like he's just doing him and like maybe i can maybe i can just like kind of show him the gospel through my actions you know like no all of those things are scapegoats all of those things are mm. excuses that we tell ourselves in order to justify why we don't want to take action and for me personally i'm done doing that bro i'm done giving myself all these rationalizations and justifications for why I shouldn't do something and I'm just gonna do what I kn- goodie said this do what you know to do is right and we know mm-hmm. man we choose to ignore and the same sort of things mm-hmm. that we're we're like, criticizing other people for you know specifically trump supporters like oh you're like being you're like blinding yourself to what you should be doing and what you should be prioritizing we do the same thing bro and that's the same thing that that is exactly what i was convicted by with goody it was like i'm not really about it man like i'm not really I'm not meditating on these issues. I'm not hurting for these issues. I cried for Jacob Blake because I felt it then, man. I didn't cry on these other things, man. And that's not to say I didn't care. That's not to say I wasn't passionate, but I wasn't about it, man. And that's Mm -hmm. why, that is why even my like convictions that I've had since like whatever, 2012 or whatever, for all these issues, specifically working with Black artists and having Black friends and like feeling being blessed to know all these people that have given me a perspective in which I, I can understand and empathize in a way that I couldn't, if I didn't know them personally. And even then it still would fade away. I still got to the point where I started getting desensitized on social media. And I was like, this is just too Mm -hmm. much, man. Like I need some, I need some memes. I need some, like I need some goofy stuff, bro. And, but then I started realizing it's, it's not one or the other. If you look at my feed, I have like four Black Lives Matter posts and then I have like a meme and then I have like, and then I have like a God is good post. And then I have like, like my, my Twitter straight up, I think it says like, like God is good in between like five Black Lives Matter, like critique posts, like, you know, because I have the ability to maintain all these different perspectives because just because things are going terrible in the world doesn't mean that God isn't good just because a George Floyd and and Jacob Blake just happened just because that, that stupid white boy got, got shot and killed protesters and is in custody and not killed, you know, and I'm not, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that I wish he would have been killed. I'm saying that I wish that Jacob Blake wouldn't have been shot. That is what I'm saying. And I am not going to let that change my foundational worldview that God is good, that the world is broken. And that is my duty to work alongside God to bring about his will in this world mm. and i'm feeling it amen yo I'm you feeling it yeah bro. dude you goodness uh, yeah take, take take a sip yeah, of take, take a sip yeah. bro i'm kind are of ashamed kidding? this is a dasani y'all can't see it but this is design i, I but, mean how are you how are you gonna be all like yo i got okay okay all in my house and pull up with the sunny water bottle <laughs> Here's the, the thing, thing. i'm gonna try to rationalize yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> Okay, my mom only drinks. My mother in law only drinks Dasani. She doesn't like how Azarka tastes. So, yo, does she listen to the podcast? No, she doesn't speak English. Uh, we need we yeah. need to translate it into Vietnamese. Uh, we need a translation team up in here, man. Goodness, yo, one of the one of the things that I think about um, because here's the thing about me, dude. I'm incredibly idealistic. I love visions and. I recognize that perhaps may, maybe not everything I, I imagine is in line with God's will and will manifest into the world, but I can work towards it. And if I think that it's, you know, good, then it could. I like to think that, dude, if this podcast like kind of blows up in a sense, there will be no more of, of you saying, uh, you know, if I had the data, it would be, yo, Jamie, pull up that, pull up that data, bro.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to get a data guy and his name has to be Jamie. <laughs> so, pull that up, Jamie. Oh, Jamie, pull man. that up. <laughs> so man. funny. Um, so funny. Amen to everything you said, though, for real. Uh, I'm kind of at a place where I feel very humbled, man. Like I was saying in the beginning, because when you first approached me with this idea of doing this podcast, I didn't really know uh, where it would go. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, I, I was just down with it and I was like let's do it uh and now I'm we're in a place we're about two months in um and yeah it's just like 2020 has been crazy in a lot of ways for me personally and then also just like with all this news that's coming out you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. but I think this podcast has been like a real truly like a big blessing in my life you know what I'm saying like not just from an, an aspect of me like dipping my feet into the creative space and you know Uh, getting myself out there and, you know, voicing how I feel and and interviewing all these people. But it's like, I don't know. I just feel like I've learned so much Mm. and I've really been challenged at a level that I really have never been challenged before, you know, definitely Um, me too. And I'm, I'm being pushed beyond my comfort zones. And, you know, I gotta say a lot of times it takes some time for this stuff to kind of marinate in my mind um, but I feel like this, through this process, like it's it's like a slow change, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. every day, like the more and more I think about stuff that Goody said, the stuff that Mel said, the stuff that Melanie said, well, Ricky said, even and even in the episodes where we're just chopping it up, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like every now and then, I'll just kind of think of something. I'm like, man, that was dope.
1: Yeah, that was fine. yeah. You know, I'm like oh, that was that was hot. You
0: know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I don't know. It's um, prior to this year, I don't think I've truly understood. Like at a at a deep level, what it means to like let God work in your life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh this past year, year twenty five I felt that in so many aspects of my life where it's like i've I've kind of let go in terms of like trying to control my life, uh, but more shifting it of like having having faith that God will lead me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I think with this podcast, it was definitely one of those things. And mm. it's definitely one of those things that's continuing to happen. Cause like you were saying, dude, like we didn't even know who our guests were going to be outside of. <laughs>
1: yeah, dude. we just like, to, like y'all don't know. I'm sure it looks kind of official, yo, but we were scrambling, bro. Like we, <laughs> you know, we was scrambling dude. like, and it,
0: it, you know, it's like, it's funny being a part of like all the backend stuff and then seeing the final product put out there. And it looks very like official. Yeah, stuff, we look all polished. Like in, the, like in the back end, I'm like losing sleep. I'm like, you know, <laughs> staying up editing and just like it's like, dog, what is going on? But you know, it's like through all that. It's uh, it's it's like that first point that Ricky made in the first episode, right? It's like everything is necessary, it's all part of the process. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like I'm really being put into a place where it's like I'm being I'm being humbled to the point where it's like uh, I don't know, dude. It's like I can't I, I can't go about the stuff alone, you know, mm-hmm. and I think this podcast just represents so much of what I was just saying. So, I think uh, wrapping up our first season with that interview with Goody it just couldn't have been more perfect. Because like yeah. on Friday when we released, it was actually the anniversary of MLK's "I Have a Dream" speech. Mm-hmm. It was the anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the uh, the color barrier in in basically in pr- pretty much in professional sports. Mm-hmm specifically in baseball and then it was also the anniversary of the killing of emmett till um and i think people don't realize like that's a story that gets swept under the rug you know what i mean Mm. like if you need any kind of example that there's a history of systemic racism against black people in america look no further than Emmett emmett till you know what i'm saying and again i'm gonna quote dave Chappelle again uh it's only fitting that we do this on this last episode he said that if the civil rights movement was a car then the killing of Emmett Till was premium gas Mm -hmm. and the really the turning point was not just his killing but it was when the press got out about it and his mom decided to do an open casket funeral and pretty much the whole nation saw just like how badly this dude was just beat and murdered and how just how terrible it was and actually what doesn't get talked about enough is his killers his two killers they were were found not guilty in court and the the exact reason why they were found not guilty is because the jury thought that it would be too harsh for for them to put that kind of punishment upon white men for killing a black boy that was the reason why they were set free and this is 1955 I'm talking what is that 65 years ago
1: I I read somewhere Emmett Till if he was still alive would be the same age as Joe Biden that's crazy yeah man we like to think that all these things Mm -hmm. happened so so long ago there are people that were segregated that are still alive if you see Mm -hmm. like a grandpa black dude he's seen some stuff bro like he's seen some stuff yeah you seen he's seen it And if we think it's
0: bad now, I mean, and I'm not saying it's not bad now. Imagine, imagine being alive when Emmett Till happened. You know what I'm saying? I can't even imagine man. Kind of seeing how everything plays out and how it's like, we really haven't come too far. We're not too far removed. And it's like, what progress have you really made? Right. Mm -hmm. And the biggest twist on Emmett Till story, and I don't think many people know, I didn't know this until actually, um, until Chappelle brought it up in his special, but his accuser, Carolyn Bryant, Lied About Till She lied about the whole thing She lied and said that Emmett Till Made verbal and physical advances on her While she was working at the convenience store
1: 14 year old boy, Emmett Till
0: 14 year old boy from Chicago Moved down to Mississippi And and that's where he got murdered And right before she died She She openly admitted that she lied And it got published in a book so, again, I'm going to quote Chappelle again because he, he said it so eloquently in his special. If that didn't happen, if the, if the killing of Emmett Till didn't happen, the civil rights movement wouldn't have advanced as quickly as it did. So, like, you take, like, an independent situation like that where it's, like, you see the pictures, you see the, read the details. He was, he was brutally beaten, mutilated, murdered, thrown into a pond. His body wasn't recovered till three days later. And to make it worse, like, his accuser lied about it so he died pretty much for no reason and on top of that his murderers got found not guilty because they didn't want to charge a white man for killing a black boy 65 years ago this is america but you look at it from
1: a different perspective and say wow if it weren't for that you know here's my perspective on that i see i see all that you know everything is necessary everything everything plays out you know but here, here's my question to anyone, anybody that's listening to this: Are you going to let more Black people die in order to fuel this tank, or are you going to fuel it? Are you going to just let more and more people die? I, dude, I thought, I thought George Floyd was it—not it, you know—but like, for real, like that was like, dude, like people started defunding the police, like, like it became serious, for you real. know. and then this happens with jacob blake i'm like this is not going away like and and seeing all the comments of like people like trying to justify all this stuff and i'm like we need to build a coalition of conscience we need moral courage leaders and that is you whoever is listening to this this isn't we're talking about somebody you know we're talking about you man or woman or whatever you would like to to, yeah. for us to call and it you
0: it's, and it's and it's us it's us, and first, it's us. Too, yes before, absolutely before then,
1: you know absolutely
0: so i don't know man it's just when i consider everything that we discussed just right now and all the interviews that we did um it's a lot to digest first of all but it also it i feel like it's putting me in a position where it's like i gotta do something you know mm-hmm. so what I was going to say before we conclude this episode is dude, we should get into community organizing, man. Let's dude, up, do it.
1: Let's do it. Dude, Let's hit up Mingo.
0: Come on. Yo, Mingo. Mingo. I know you're listening down. <laughs> uh, we're going to hit you. We're going to hit you up and we're not editing this out. I promise. Dude, we're going to hit you up. We're going to make that app. Let's yes. Do it, man.
1: Let's do it. I'm so down. I did not know you make apps. Real. That is so dope. Yo, yo,
0: for real. And anyone listening, if y'all need an app made for your phone, hit up my bro, Mingo Chu. He lives mm-hmm. in Chicago. I don't have his number. Um, I don't know his social media handles either, but he's a good dude.
1: <laughs> that was his the name. worst plug I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> if, you're, if you're in my inner circle, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you know, maybe <laughs> hit up Mingo. He's a good dude. I think he goes by Mike as well, which I didn't know. Whoa, finish. I didn't know that.
1: That's, I, I think he need to ditch Mike. Yeah, yeah Mingo's cool. is Mingo
0: is cooler, dude. You know, Mingo, like I said, I know you're listening, dog. Uh, we're going to hit you up, all
1: right? Yeah, man, for <laughs> sure. No, no lie, too. Like, we're work no about lie. it. Yeah, when yeah, we say it, we for, do it. For All right, man. Well,
0: I know I shared a lot about what I think this like podcast has meant for me, but to wrap it up, man, what has this podcast meant for you so far?
1: I like that. What's your closing thoughts, man? My closing thoughts, man. Yeah. I, I jumped into this with no expectations. Same thing with you. Yeah, I, I've been yeah. trying to it, – it's been interesting. I've been trying to balance these uh, different – different perspectives, or I guess, insights into the world, where, where it's like, you got to let God work. And, but you also have to put in the work, you know, like, like someone, uh someone put it quite beautifully. One time they were like, you can pray that God can give you a job during COVID, but you still have to apply. Like you still have to do stuff, you know, like, that's how God works through you. And yeah, he, he he don't want to write the application. Yeah, straight <laughs> sure up, ter- terrible process. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you good? So I would say, you know, with this podcast, shout out to my best friend John Lee. Thank you so much for this idea, man. I really feel like God spoke through you, even if you don't even know it but I, I took it, you know, and I hit you, I hit you up, David. And you said like, sure, let's go for it. And I just jumped into it, dude. I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know what we were going to name it. I didn't know what we were going to talk about, who we were going to bring on except Ricky. I thought about Ricky. <laughs> but, yeah. We, need Ricky. we, yeah, we Ricky. needed Ricky, but um, he was our number one draft pick. Yeah. Straight up. So, but dude, I, I had no idea. And, and I just knew that it, it felt right. You know, it, it felt like it was something that needed to happen and and I gotta say I went into it very arrogantly and I can say that looking at it back looking at it from hindsight you know like I was looking at it from this perspective of like okay I'm gonna like do my social justice stuff here and you know just bring on these people and like I already kind of know like all my stuff but you know just just trying to like get all this stuff out here and do my do my thing you know but I throughout the process man like I just realized that it it humbled me same the way same way that it humbled you i realized that i'm not really about it i realized that these issues are so much more important than the mental energy and the physical capacity of my actions that i'm that i'm giving to it and i realized that that my that i'm not right with god you know like i need to always keep getting back back with god and let that inform all of my decisions and all of my actions and and i got to say the these first what eight episodes like I, I will look back on this and and look at the evolution of my perspective and and look at my conviction developing and and just be thankful for all these people that we have met and that we will meet. Man, I'm so I'm so excited for the future and for real for real. And man. one of the one of the aspects of joy with joy of Josh, you know, maybe I'll end with my own plug right there, is that is that joy is unshakable. Joy is something that does not, does not fade away. It's, it's not the same thing as happiness. Happiness is fleeting. You get happy, you get sad, you get angry. Joy is a foundational emotion. It's a foundational Mm -hmm. trust in God. It's unwavering, it's unshakable. And despite whatever circumstances or, or things that happen, you can stay joyful. And, but more so than that, if you really have joy, if you really have a true trust in God in Christ and the fact that he will take care of you and that he's always there for you, you should have an anticipation for the future, a, a, a happy, joyful anticipation for what's to come because you know that your pop's going to take care of you. I illustrated this with my blog one time in that if you have a bad day, you have a bad day at school and then your dad is like, Hey, I'm going to take you out for ice cream. And you, you pop in the car and you're driving to get ice cream And, and it's not like your emotions just, just fade away. You're still feeling sad about your day, but that, that anticipation starts to grow and it starts to replace those feelings of sadness until you finally get to the ice cream store and you're like, we're here. He promised me and we're here. And then you get that ice cream, bro, and you eat it. And it's the best thing that you've ever eaten before. Mm. And then you're like, bro, this is, this is what it's about. My, my pops will take care of me. And, and it's illustrated so, so eloquently in the Bible. And it says, says something along the lines, I'm going to paraphrase, like, if your earthly father, who is a sinful man, will take care of you in that way, how much more do you think that the, that the father above will take care of you? And I've mm. been meditating on that so much, man. I've been trying yeah. to, trying to implement in that, my, implement that in my life, man. Like, like, why am I so so fearful why am i so shakable why am i so unstable and inconsistent it's because i don't really believe in my heart that god's got me i may believe it in my head i may believe it i may seem to believe it on this podcast on my blog but do i really believe it in my heart and if i really believe it in my heart then it'll manifest in ways that that are just natural and that's that's it man like that
0: set your foundation on the rock
1: on the rock. Not on the sand, Not on Not the the sand rock, man. man. On the rock. Man. I got
0: turned on down the AC, man. You just piss some flames. It's <laughs> <is> getting hot.
1: <laughs> I am a little I'm a little hot, uh, bro. <laughs> all
0: right. Well, uh I don't know. I I've had a great time doing the season one, you know what I'm saying? me too. Uh, man. To all our listeners. Thank you. Thank, thank you for listening thank you. in on for for real. Us, man. Uh, you know, for people who've reached out and gave feedback, gave your support. Honestly. Uh for real for real thank you um, mm-hmm. but yeah again this wraps up our season one where we've been covering black lives matter and uh, black social injustice uh in the u.s and globally also too because we had no yeah. one here but
1: um, global anti-blackness um,
0: <laughs> and so after this uh josh and i have a little hiatus coming up so we won't be dropping episodes for maybe a couple weeks but we do have some exciting things coming out uh with new promotions uh Uh, you know just new new developments coming your way so stay tuned uh but for real thank you everyone for tuning in uh it's it's been a pleasure it's been an honor so far Uh, and yeah we will see you next season yep
1: all right peace peace out
0: be water my friend